in the kingdom of God, there is only one Lord, and greatness in that kingdom is a function of service. It was Jesus that said, He that will be great among you must first become a servant. Let us pray. Father, we ask that you make your grace available as your sons come into the hallowed place of the anointing, the hallowed place of service. Grant that they will be dispatched in your favor to do your will in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I'd like us to take readings from two scriptures, the first of which will be Luke chapter 2, just in case you came with your Bible. And my delivery will be brief. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 2, from verse 41, I read, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, they returned the child, they returned the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But there, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their king's folk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they returned again to Jerusalem to seek him. And it came to pass, after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dost dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? Second reading, taken from the book of Romans chapter 12. Why is it that you sought me? Are you not aware that I'm supposed to be about my father's business? In Romans chapter 12, I'll just take um, a brief reading. Oh my God. Are you there in Romans 12? All right, to shorten the reading, I'll begin from 11 and read. Verse 12, he said, not slothful, 
in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. On the strength of the two scriptures that I just read to us, I want to share on a topic, the business called ministry. The business called ministry. You will notice in the story of Jesus that I read, the parents were in search of Jesus. They left him behind and went a day's journey, conferred with relatives, with acquaintances, only to find, find that he was not in the company. So they had to go back to Jerusalem and they found him amidst the doctors. In Israeli culture, in order for you to be proclaimed a man, you will have to be able to recite the Torah from back to back. And on the day of your presentation, doctors of the law, men that are vast in the revelatory powers of God, will sit at the table to ask you questions randomly from any point of the Torah that you just quoted. And it was a day that every young man looked forward to. It is after your intelligent responses that you are declared a man. And if you are not declared a man, no man of Israel is allowed to allow you marry his daughter. And the day you are declared a man, it is a taboo for your mother to look upon your nakedness from henceforth because you are a man. The scenario that we see in the book of Luke is the scenario of manhood. Because when you become a man in Israel, you are supposed to be a, a good teacher of the counsel of God. The responsibility that we bequeath to a pastor in our current setting was the responsibility of a father. A father was supposed to be a wonderful dispenser of the truth of the law. And that's why there was a rigorous process involved with attainment of manhood. When the parents came back, they found Jesus with the doctors. So the parents were not even given the privilege to see his own declaration. By the time they came, they saw him with the doctors. And it was the doctors that were supposed to be asking him questions so that he would respond to but in his own case, he asked the doctors questions, and the Bible said that they marveled at his understanding and answers. That means the doctors could not respond to the answers that he was giving out, so much so that he himself had to be called upon eventually to provide 
such answers. Uh, my question is, who is accrediting who in this matter? It was in the height of that ceremony that Jesus decreed that ministry was his father's what? And Paul also added to that line of thought in the book of Romans where we read, giving us counsel on how to engage ministry. And he said, not slothful in business, but fervent in spirit in the service of God. If you are still with me, say amen. amen. Just in case you have attended Lagos Business School, London Business School, and you know a little about business, this is Kingdom Business School. In my outline today, we need to design what our business is. Is it a product or a service line? We need to identify what our product is, what are the market forces that are in the context of our dealings, what is our target audience, what is our strategy, and who are our competitors. We want to use the language of business in bringing the heart of the body that was encapsulated in the statement of Jesus. Are you not aware that I was to be about my father's business? It is possible for a minister of the gospel not to be aware of what our father's business is. And so he's in ministry, but he doesn't know what the business is about. For instance, if you want to do business in the oil industry, the oil business is built around safety. You can build a depot for 45 billion, big tanks for reception, storage facility. And someone just comes in with a stick of cigarette that was not properly disposed and that can be the story of a great inferno. It's built around what? Safety. You need to understand the business, which is the service of the Lord that Jesus spoke about. And the Apostle Paul says, if we are going to attend to this kind of business, we must not be slothful. So I'm just trying to expose us to that business called ministry. First of all, what is the business about? Hallelujah. Are you with me? The business is about life transformation. Anything you are doing in the name of ministry that doesn't lead to life transformation is not part of the business. Someone, as a minister, can bring an entertainer, a cracker of jokes, and what a comedian to the platform so that he does something on the pulpit. It's an indication of the fact that that minister doesn't know 
what the Lord's business is about. And he makes mockery the hallowed office of the anointing. You are, you are obviously going to end up offering strange fires and becoming involved in an abomination before God if you do not understand what the business of ministry is about. Anything you do in the name of ministry that does not lead to the transformation of life is not part of the business. And if you go to school, there are some courses that are called major courses and other courses are called electives. And you visit a department and get score A's for all the electives which are support courses to add muscle to the membrane of knowledge that establishes that discipline. You make A's in all the electives and you are absent in the major courses, you will not graduate. Some people are doing some kind of stuff. It's, it's an activity and they are scoring A's in things that do not pertain to the business called ministry. Can you give us Galatians chapter 2 verse 20? Whenever you want to run a summary of the Bible, don't go too far. There is one verse that captures the entire spirit and the body of the New Testament economy. And that scripture happens to be the book of Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. It's a testimony that is an outright encapsulation of the product that should, revolve, that should result if the work of Christ finds expression unhindered. This is a personal testimony that the Apostle Paul himself gives about his current condition. So he uses his own words to give us an insight into his condition upon stumbling on the operating system of life, even Jesus Christ. It reads, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. If we check this testimony critically, you will find that what Paul is testifying about is not a change. The testimony of accurate Christianity is not change. It's not the things I used to do, I do them no more. What we find in this scripture is more radical than change. It is actually exchange. That they me that received Jesus because I have acknowledged his government over my life. He is now the one that calls the shots. Just in case you see me do a good deed. It is not me that did that deed which is good. It is Christ in me that compelled me, that propelled me, that constrained me. And what you see as the expression of my life is a manifestation of my king. You don't need to look for my king if I'm around because he lives in me and I'm a theater, a stage to put him on display 
it is no longer I that lives, it is Christ that lives in me. This kind of testimony can never find expression except the ministry of the Holy Spirit who, and it happens to be that the Holy Ghost is the agency for transformation and that possibility is within the scope of his ministry. So you might sing a good song if it was not galvanized by the Holy Ghost. It lacks the potency to bring about this kind of radical change. This change is more radical than what the Jewish zealots hoped for. They hoped for change. But Jesus gives us exchange. Please tell your neighbor it's not change. But it is exchange. And so if people that sit under your ministry... If people that are directly under the influence of what you dispense from God do not experience transformation, you are doing stage management, you are operating a circus, you are running a clique, a club, or a casino. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. So, the definition of our business is that it's a business of life transformation. That makes it, that's quality control. No effort of the flesh can translate to life transformation. It is only efforts that are inspired by the Holy Ghost can become the seed that will ultimately lead to the transformation of the lives of men. It is no longer I that live it. In the book of Galatians chapter 3, we find a contrast. We find a comparison. And somewhat the old covenant was compared with the new. And we saw in the life of Moses, who happens to be the height of the possibilities of the old covenant, that the glory that was upon him was a glory that was fading away. But in the new covenant, we are in league with a different kind of possibility. And that's the glory that excels. That means with time it gets better. That means with the passage of days it becomes stronger. But we see believers today, some are like milk. Others are like wine. Milk gets bad with time, but wine gets better with time. What we are talking about here is not improvement. It is a facility of God. A, a, a manifestation of that which is of God which, which excels in strength and if it is true that you are exposed to the workings of the Holy Spirit which is supposed to be the product of true ministry you are going to be a better model of yourself as time goes on but what we have today is that believers are the 1982 models of their possibilities 1985 models of themselves. How many of you still remember Benz regular? Benz, 1982. A straight, with a straight engine. Hallelujah. I know you, because we are in church, you don't remember again. <laughs> okay, oh, I, oh, maybe the challenge is that you are just realizing that you've been running a casino. And that's why it's hard for you to say amen. Jesus called his enterprise business. Help me tell your neighbor the, the business called ministry. So it is our business is the business 
of life transformation which is not possible except by the Holy Ghost. Number one, now that we know our business, then we need to know our product. Our product is authentic, Bible-based Christianity. Are you there? It's authentic, Bible-based Christianity. One of my sisters, she watched a preacher on TV and felt he was anointed. So he decided to visit the church because she believed she had a complicated spiritual problem that needs someone that has stature to deal with spiritual things to look upon her case. And when she got into his office after a long time, there were quite some, some implements in the office. There were different kinds of soap, black, some white. There were candlesticks in the place. There were pots, and the content of the pots in some cases were ashes. Red items, powders of different colors. That's the control room of what she watched on television. When the guy was on television, he had a good bow tie. Somebody say glory to God. When the guy was on television, he could speak English that was refined. The colors in the hall were well blended. The backdrop was well articulated. The atmosphere was cozy. There was a manipulation of the lights that gave you the feel of heaven on earth. But when he visited the control room, he saw odors, perfumery, elixirs, and powders. And after her case was adequately diagnosed, she was given one of the soaps. And as she should, this thing took place in Portacot. I don't want to go into details with the person's identity. Some of you will know that my sister. It's not, the pulpit is not designed to, I'm just using a story and the identity. Sometimes Jesus will say, a certain man. That's one of those. <laughs> Amen, hallelujah. The prescription from the spiritual man was that she should take the soap to the, to the beach. 12 midnight and have a naked bath. And when she does that, all the change, the deposits, all the things of darkness will be washed out into the open sea and she will come back light. Hallelujah. And she did that. You know, what is our product? Authentic, Bible-based Christianity. You see, we have many versions of Christianity. Because in our time, people that used to practice as mediums, people that used to practice wizardry, warlocks of many degrees have come into ministry. And so the only instrument of discernment that we have that can set the coordinates and expose what is of Jesus in our time the foundational instrument of discernment 
apart from the gift of discernment of spirit, happens to be the word of God because the spirit of God cannot operate outside of the word of God. Your style, your strategy, your approach, your motivation must be the word of God. And just in case there is something other than the word of God that is responsible for your style, you have wandered out of the region of grace and you stop representing Jesus. I got to know about this case in the place of prayer. I was praying for that, my sister. And I saw her standing behind a mermaid. And this mermaid was green in color. I know those of you that understand ranking in the kingdom of darkness, the creature I saw was a siren for people that understand what that means. A siren. And I called her on the phone and I said, Where did you go? I was in Lagos then. Where did you go? And the way I, I struck, she couldn't lie. So I took a bath. You took what? A bath. I said, the spirit you, you offered your body to is standing behind you now. I got to know about the issue after she had met the pastor and followed the prescription. Her situation worsened and spirits began to peep into her window at home like this. She was, she was in good condition until she met this maniac. May the Lord help us in the name of Jesus. The reason why it is hard for many people to laugh and the reason why some are even laughing maybe because they are tired of crying. Many may have visited places where they were asked to dance naked in the name of a prophetic release. What we sell, the product we sell is called authentic Bible-based Christianity. Jesus is our example. The first generation apostles that God used to give us the document, the quality control document, they are our example. And what they never did if you find yourself doing it, you're on your own. Hallelujah. A man of God was discipling a, someone he was mentoring. And he woke him in the night and said, it's action time. Okay. Action. The action he was talking about was to bury a live creature in the church compound to create a spiritual transmitter that will aid the operations of ministry. And that was the discipleship. It was given a young preacher about the secret of ministry. So our product is authentic Bible-based Christianity. If I come to your ministry and I see green candles, and you are saying, who's Who's We will know. May the Lord help us in Jesus. You know, <laughs> we need to know our product. Because there's something Apostle Gideon 
combined service. The meaning of combined service, simply put, is when you try to bring something that looks like Jesus and also another thing that looks like that is from the devil and you try to combine it so that people that know Jesus, we think this is of Jesus. Meanwhile, the operating system is of darkness. That's what we call combined service. A guest minister came for a conference in Maraba. And he said he is possessed. A guest on the pulpit. That it was an, a fallen angel that possessed him. On the pulpit. On the pulpit. And he did some things in that hall that are not, you can't explain by science. And those things he did were called miracles. Meanwhile, the people he did them on died not too long after his visitation. Some of you watch warlocks on TV and you don't know that the people that they bring to testify don't last long after that testimony. Many of you are victims, the Lord showed me, of false spiritual worship. And the hand of Satan's claims is hanging over the life of many people here today for which we must plead with the Lord and pray this morning. Because our product is authentic, Bible-based, what? Christianity. That's our product. It is not only the product that we have that is struggling for the attention of our generation. How many of you saw on Facebook when a lady was advertising something she called a special package? How many of you saw that? There are a lot of supernatural products that are out there in the open. And that's why we need to understand the market fundamentals. The question is, what exactly will make the 7 billion people upon the face of the earth to listen to you? What? Meanwhile, we have special packages that are available. Wait and take. Touch and transform. Why should anyone follow you? Market fundamentals. Psalms 92. Quickly. Are you there in Psalms 92? Verse 9 and 10. For lo, mine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. How will, how will that happen? But my horn, shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. What the anointing does is that it gives you a horn. It gives you authority, one aspect of your life 
is backed up with supernatural authority. If what you are using as your tool for ministry doesn't have any supernatural edge, the best you can do is to make an impression. But if what you are using for ministry has a supernatural edge, then you can now make impact. There are some things, for instance, that Apostle Gideon does that I will never do because I don't have that horn. In fact, the way ministry is structured is such that you cannot engage in competition successfully because your impact is tied to the projection that finds expression on the strength of your anointing. Your anointing projects one aspect of your life or multiple aspects of your life with authority. For some, as you will see very soon during the course of the conference, not today, maybe not today, I have a friend, his, his name is Theophilus. And when he begins to worship, it's as if the whole of heaven is rained and your spiritual senses are activated. His horn finds expression when he worships. If he tries to preach, I'm not sure there will be grace to support that effort. Hallelujah. So stay where your horn is. And when you stay where your horn is, oh my God. The impact of what you are doing that you think is natural will be supernatural. So there's no room for competition. God is such a God of diversity. He can manage diversity and he can support the workings of diversity to build his kingdom. We can be called as prophets, but no two prophets in the Bible were ever the same. We can be called as apostles. No two apostles in the Bible were ever the same. We see this window shopping culture that has invaded ministry. Somebody goes to Lagos and he comes back and says, we are about to experience a shift. Not because he met the Holy Ghost, because he went to Ajota. He went for window shopping. Then he comes back with a new style of dressing. He comes back with an accent. He comes back new. Such a person will have to change identities every year. The reason is because he doesn't know his horn. He's a, he's a wanderer. If you follow such a man, you will end up in Ojota. That's where he's taking you. Because that's where he borrowed the things that is driving him in the current time. I was born a stammerer. Jesus healed me of stammering and gave me something more than speaking. He gave me utterance. Spirit energized communication. The power of what I do in ministry is in my words. People have heard my tapes and gotten baptized in the Holy Ghost before. I mean, critics that spoke evil about Holy Ghost baptism became baptized. No human being can speak 
that someone will get baptized. But there's a harm there. Mm. It's not about lingo. It's not about oratory. It's about what accompanies what is spoken. In fact, I don't even need to preach. Someone else can preach. Just allow me to pray. And when I pray, I say, no! That no has a meaning. It's a, it's a horn. The reason why people will listen to me is because there is a horn. Go and find where your horn is and learn that horn. You need years. You studied four years to get your degree and you're an engineer and you have never practiced. You will study your horn for more than four years in order for you to understand this dynamics. And when you put it on display, oh my God. Because other horns you are going to meet in various territories as you go preach the gospel. Horns that scatter. Horns that destroy. If, if you find goats fighting, it's about the horn. Not about the weight. So, oh my God. It's not weight. It's not a weight game. It's a horn game. Some of those occultic people you are going to encounter have their horns strengthened from darkness. There is a level of authority that they command. He said, my horn shall be exalted like the horn of a unicorn because I shall be what? Anointed with fresh oil. I know a man that when we pray, what comes to him is wisdom. Wisdom. Maybe we want to hold an event. You will not know how much wisdom went into this event. Wisdom from heaven. Then you begin to discover that God wanted to secure his kingdom. That's why he gave us different horns. I don't have administrative capacity. No horn for administration. I'm too inspirational to do administrative work. The other day they say, okay, when you go to the pulpit, take offering and close the meeting. And when I came, I began to prophesy and then deliverance started. I forgot why I came there. So we now we went back and planned. I said, don't take offering again. I said, thank God. You know, because I won't. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. There are people that can be comport themselves when the atmosphere is tense and say, it's time for offering. And once it's tense, some people are highly inflammable. They are. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Don't try to be like somebody else. Discover what? Your home. There are people here, one of my friends in the congregation there, Jonathan, is a prayer dragon. He's a dragon of prayer. When he starts praying, don't follow him. He doesn't have a plan to stop. <laughs> Maybe you want, to, you want to stand with him to show that you are also reigning. You, are, you will be put to shame. You see? <laughs> do you understand? We can't do the same style of ministry. He's a pastor under me, but 
We can't do the same style. It's not anything is he does is around prayer. They say they are going for four days now. This is the fourth day. I say, blessings unto you, bless. That is is meanwhile, don't ever think I live a fasted life and prayer is my lifestyle. So don't even think that I'm suggesting that I'm prayerless. If you come into my space, you'll be possessed with prayer. I mean, literally. But I found men that have a higher measure of that grace. So I don't, what I do is when I need prayer investment, I call those people and say, yeah, you, there's, there's a challenge now, you know. So you supply four hours, you supply five hours, you supply. I, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I am placing a demand on their horn. It's just like for me, you say, come and teach us. Ah, it's, it's as long as you can stay. Because what I'm doing now is transmission. You know, NTA. When you watch and you are tired, you switch, go and play basketball, come back. They are still... If we start praying now, what downloads are revelations. Revelations. It's, it comes naturally. I don't struggle for it. It's an area of authority. And I say to you, find your horn and stay under it in the name of Jesus. Because of time, I'll have to stop. Our target audience. Many of you are laboring outside of your audience. That's the reason for frustration. You will labor long and your voice will not be heard. You are, you are laboring behind the door. You have a target audience. And your target audience has been defined by the kind of anointing that you carry. Alright, give me Galatians quickly. Galatians chapter 2. I'm going to read from verse 7 to verse 9. If the technical people can help me out. It says, but contrary wise... You know, theologically, I'm not supposed to begin reading from here. I'm just doing that because of time. Contract, just in case there's a theologian that understands the principles of biblical interpretation. And right there, the person might fault my entrance into this progression from this scripture. I'm just saying the reason why I'm compelled to do so is not because I've forgotten the laws of theology, but uh, I'm constrained for time. He said, but contrarywise, when I saw that the gospel of the circumcision was committed unto me as the gospel, of, sorry, the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me as the gospel of the circumcision unto Peter. For he that wrought, this is anointing, this is a description of anointing. He that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision. The same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. So the anointing that you have operational on your life is consistent with your target audience. There is no jack of all trade in the kingdom of God. God is so specialized. In fact, the people that you can connect with as partners in destiny 
as, as alliances of honorable men uh, are people, they are certain kind of people. Are you still with me? Now, you have seen my friend, Apostle Gideon. You will see us on various platforms together. It's not ordained by man. It's a connection that is divine. Because we complement each other in ministry. And our focus is that a mature body will rise out of the rubble. The church will come out of the wilderness. She will be pulled out of the swamp. And she will be brought to a place where she can be decked with all manner of ornaments. So that she can have the stature to be presented to her husband. I invited a preacher and when he came to the pulpit, he made the first two statements. I knew I was wrong. So I began to pray and ask God, let it be short. I already knew I was wrong. Because he could not handle the shape of the platform. The more I walk with God, the more I, I, I discover how God rebukes me vehemently. When I do not ask him before I act, it's a shame. And I accept my, in fact, when my pastor started coming, I said, Oga, I say I understand. Yeah. Sorry. Hallelujah. Because what he came with was not in the shape of the tribe. It was not consistent with the baptism of the tribe was not consistent with the spirit of the tribe. Not consistent with the language of the tribe. It was a distortion. So we had to delete it. Meanwhile, the person is from God. And the person is anointed. Imagine what Peter would have done in Paul's mission field. Every time he entered, he complicated the field. Meanwhile, what was working on him was the anointing. As you grow in the oil and understand what the workings of God on your life is, you will now know the people that can stand on the platform that God has given you. It is your ability to design that that makes you a, a mature minister. Pulpit is not something we speak about when we are casual. And say, okay, can I come on Thursday? You can't come forever. May the Lord give you. I know you will not understand, but may the Lord give you understanding. You can't come on Thursday. The, the, the platform has a shape. You need a certain kind of horn to be able to operate in it. So Paul knew his target audience. He didn't, he didn't labor in Peter's jurisdiction. The signature of your anointing cannot enter every territory. Cannot enter Oh my God, there were places Paul wanted to enter. And the Bible said, and the Holy Ghost forbade us. I would have touched strategy. And our competitors. But there's no time. We're almost out of time. You will think that because someone is running a denomination that is different from yours, that is your competitor. You are wrong. 
What you are doing is not ministry. If you see that man as a threat, you don't have a calling. No, you don't have a calling. And you know what? If you have operated in the flesh in view of the perceived threat that that man is, you have lost the land to that man. You have already judged yourself unworthy. And in the fullness of time, that man will rise to become the warden of, of that territory. That man's ministry is just a branch of our mother ministry, our mother operation. I, I forgot my, there's a little sheet of paper I forgot to tell us how many types of coke we have. From my research, I found 13 types. Yeah, coke. The one in that, um, what do they call that stuff? Can. The one in that can that has the red, white, that's the classic coke. We have caffeine-free coke. We have diet coke. We have Coke Zero. We have caffeine-free diet Coke. All of them are Coke. <laughs> they are not your competitors. When last did you hear of Nigerbet? Those are your competitors. I was going into one of the malls in the city, and I saw a congregation. A congregation that will never attend church. They were busy. They won't even know if you pass there. It's a con they are competing with, with you. Okay. Okay. Well, let me close. <laughs> no time. No time to. Does that mean we should continue? Okay. Let me see if I can. Our strategy. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 13. If the technical people are there, just give me verse 1. Now, there were in the church that was at Antioch prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manen, which, were, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate Barnabas and Saul for the walk whereunto I have called them. It was the Holy Spirit that came up with the strategy. We know that the Holy Ghost sent you into the land. Were you careful enough to ask him for the strategy? Yes, he sent you into the land, but your strategy is not from him, so there's no anointing, there's no authority on your strategy. And you are going to be doing that, your strategy, until you become old, and there'll be no result. The territory will contain you and measure you, because the strategy that you are using never came from the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is our strategy. Hallelujah. The what? Is what?
It is what the Holy Ghost says that becomes your strategy. I knew early in ministry that my first mission field was to the youth. And I knew that where to find the youth were on the campuses. So I began to invade campuses and I went around Nigeria. Round. And I invaded campuses for 18 years. I paid my flight tickets because when you are invading them, they don't have money to give you. When I moved from Lagos to Sokoto those days, it, four flights. Lagos to Abuja, Abuja to Sokoto, Sokoto to Abuja, Abuja to Lagos. So they can't pay. So I know how much I spend in a year for flights. 1.8 million on the average for flights just to hop from campus to campus. And those days when error contractors you could book for the flights, I booked for a whole year. And I hop from one plane to another plane. I'm in Oweri. I'm in Osuka. I'm in, oh my God. I went around Nigeria many times during the space of 18 years. And somebody called me and said, you are anointed, but you are not wise. That your mission field you are spending instead of you to be getting. How do you think that this, your method, is sustainable? He brought what he learned from Lagos Business School. He brought what he learned from London Business School. And he forgot that what ministry is, is a service. A service that should be deployed like business. So even all of your sacrifices, their investments, and the Bible says that God is not unjust to forget your labor of love. That means he has occasioned return on investment. Do you know what? The return on investment began to come 14 years after unbroken focus, unbroken service. 14 years. That thing we call speed. It's not the pattern of the kingdom. In the kingdom, God does not build the work. What he builds is you. If there's a significant change in the deposit of grace on your life, it will be evident in what you are doing. Somebody say we are building the work. <laughs> you will build for a long time. He builds you. He builds stature. And once you have more stature, your coverage, your reach will be wider. Please help me tell your neighbor, God does not build the work. What does he do? He builds you. You were there in Lafia. We came for a crusade. When they put um, our posters out, some guys will go in, in the dead of night and take them down. So the first day of the crusade, the attendance was very poor. And when I came to the pulpit, the Holy Spirit came behind me and whispered into this ear and said, I'll heal the deaf. Meanwhile, I've seen the deaf healed before. So what is new? But I didn't know God had a surprise for me. There was this guy in the congregation, armed robbers invaded him and shot him. You remember? Shot him with a gun. The gun came out from here. 
So everything about the infrastructure of hearing was brought down. And that guy was in the congregation. When I prayed for the deaf people, I think we had about five, six people healed. And then that guy came and he couldn't stand where the testifiers were standing. He, he, he lay down in the grass. So I, I told him, bro, stand up from the grass. He said, pastor, just allow me in this grass for now. Let, let me just be in the grass. And when he had had fellowship in the grass for some time, he recovered himself and shared the testimony how that every infrastructure of hearing in his ears was gone down by the bullet and it was a creative miracle. Lafia gathered. Now, so it was not our publicity. It was what happened. And God will have to build you to a level where you can do something that will happen that will gather a city. Help me tell your neighbor, he doesn't build a wall. What does he do? By the second day, people came without invitation because they didn't see the banner. So the efforts of the banner thief became futile after an act of God. The place became filled. The next day, cripple walked. The third day, I saw people with, with hijab. It became an interfaith meeting. You see... Oh, let, let me stop there. Let me... <laughs> It became interfaith because they are sick. They are even more sickly. They are more sickly than they need help. And we will not stop. We will not. Oh my God. We will not stop until the knowledge of the glory of God covers the earth as the waters cover the sea. Meanwhile, there was a time where I, if I pray for the deaf, they'll become more deaf. One, I went somewhere, somebody was dying, I prayed. Anytime I pray for them, they die. <laughs> and I was so sure that one of them was not supposed to die. When the person died, I went to pray on the dead. He died them all. Hi. So I came back. I had questions, but I was afraid to ask God. <laughs> I just continued. Hallelujah. In Guagadada Specialist Hospital, I beheld a man die. And I prayed that day. And he came back to life. Yes. Came back to life. That was when I discovered that when men die, they die through the mouth. They, oh. And when I prayed for him, he came back through the mouth. God will build you, not the work. Hallelujah. Oh my God. You see, you have allowed me into a temptation. He has come now. That's a problem. <laughs> he will build you. Can you can you ask Jesus? Say, Jesus, build me. I am your vessel. Oh my God. Did you notice when he came? That's when the preacher needs to stop because there's no need to preach. The one you are preaching about, he, he's, he has showed up. Brascove Sima. 
for we are able ministers of the new covenant not according to the letter but according to the spirit for the letter kill it but the spirit give it life there is rising from Nigeria a people so galvanized by the Holy Ghost men that have been helped by God they will come with fire in their eyes they will bring justice, judgment and equity the hand of God will be upon them in those days no one shall say know the Lord for everyone shall know him from the least to the greatest everyone shall see his shape he will descend upon our land with majesty the principality of corruption will be bound the power of the occult will be subdued sons and daughters of the land will become prophets and apostles to nations arise O god and let your enemies be scattered Come again! 
monarch of Zion, he comes. He comes to visit with Nigeria. He comes with fire in his eye. Nigeria has been too silent. The waters will be stirred again. He comes to set us free. Can you welcome Jesus to Nigeria? Jesus, this is your time. This is your moment. This is your hour. We wait on you. We wait on you. Like Messi, Bresco Velano, in Jesus' name. Now, the ordinance you can come forward. It's Jesus himself decided to attend your ordination. And so among you are those that will work miracles. Those that will do signs and wonders. Those that will do damage to the kingdom of darkness. In a moment of time, can you pray for our brothers standing in front? That the Lord might exalt their horn like the horn of a unicorn. You will remember this day. And in the days to come, you will look back and say, this is where it all began. Can you pray for them? You enter into a shift today. The things that you were afraid of will become afraid of you. Nothing will be able to shut down your voice. The hand of God upon you will be significant. The people that despise you before will reckon with that which God will do in your life.
those among you that will do signs and wonders. In every facet of human endeavor, where you find yourself, the power to be a witness, it comes upon you. As a congregation, we bless you. And we ask that the Lord Jesus himself will put his hand upon you. Nothing will be able to destroy you. Grace is given. Grace is given. Grace. Grace. Those of us senior ministers, can we lay hands on them? your mouth. His hand upon your life will be steadfast. I bless you. 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 I bless you in the name of Jesus. your face to shine. The things that fight your anointing today, that fight your anointing before this time, because the horn of the grace of God upon you will be exalted. Those things will give way after today because the hand of the Lord upon you will be made strong. I let grace be poured out. Let grace be poured out in the name of Jesus. You will turn back for nothing. Anywhere you face, there will be a road before you. 
because the grace of God upon you will be strong. As we minister to them, I see in the congregation, I see five lamps burning. Five lamps are burning. There are five prophets that God is anointing. Five prophets in the congregation. And the hand of God will begin to come upon you. The hand of God will begin to come upon you. There are five prophets. I see the lamp burning in the congregation. Five prophets. And the hand of God comes upon you this morning. Yes, the hand of God strong on five prophets. Grace is given. Grace is given. Grace. Thank you, Father. La bossa catambres confessa menala. Emmanuel, of the world is called in your name. Emmanuel. strong will be strong from this day henceforth in the name of Jesus where is Dan Pastor Dan for those of you that are clergy you'll be ushered to the platform for your de decoration one by one so doctor step up It was Jesus that said, Come unto me, all ye that labor, and a heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said, Take my yoke upon me. The color is the sign of the yoke. Take my yoke upon me, upon thee, and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. You become yoked with the Lord in life, destiny, and eternity. Serve his will as a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. We yoke you with this understanding. That in a world of darkness... Men of conscience, men of God will be raised as an instrument of judgment on that generation, just like Noah. May the hand of God be upon you from this day henceforth in the name of Jesus.
said, take my yoke upon thee and learn of me. It's much to learn in the Lord. We do not claim to be learned, but we are learning. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May his hand be strong on you from this day henceforth in the name of Jesus. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden light. It is easy because of grace. May you know the grace of God in the corridors of your service of the Lord Jesus. Grace that makes the yoke easy and makes the burden light. May the light of his countenance shine on you continually in the name of Jesus. Just like it was told Jeremiah, I have set you over kingdoms, over nations, to root out, to throw down, to destroy, to build, and to plant. The Lord gives you authority in your words. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And what you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So let it be written, so let it be done. In Jesus' name. The grace that was upon Paul was mighty unto the uncircumcision. The people of Guagalada and beyond, they will hear you. They will hear your voice. Wait. bless you and I ask that the hand of the Lord descend upon you let your voice be heard let nothing hinder you go in this thy might begin to deliver men from the bondage of the enemy in the name of Jesus
have knowledge that you never learned. In the name of Jesus, I bless you.